right, let's open to Luke chapter 10. We'll start reading here in verse uh, 25. We're on a series of parables. We've been talking about the parables of Jesus. And uh, we're going to start with this parable today, the Good Samaritan. And, and how many have heard that story? All right, well, we're going to dig in a little bit deeper today, not just in the story, but overall what the point is. Because remember, as I said, when you we're going through Romans on Wednesday nights and we're going verse by verse. And sometimes when you read something, you need to look at the context that it's in. Read the verses before it, some verses after it to get an idea of what it's really all about. So we're going to start with verse 25. It says this, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say, and how do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and the message translation says the man was looking for a loophole, so he asked Jesus this question, well, then who is my neighbor? That's when the story picks up, and Jesus answers with this. He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the young man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but then he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bills run higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So here's the, here's the story. This man was hurt on the side of the road. And two people, the first two people were what they would have looked at as religious people, walked right past him for whatever reason, didn't have time, didn't want to get involved in it. Whatever, walked right past him. Then a despised Samaritan who was looked down on by the Jews of those days, was looked down on, um, not very accepted, just kind of outcast. And this is the guy who sees this man and decides, I'm going to do something about it. He helps, he sues, he does what he can to help. Then he puts him on his donkey. So he sacrifices, lets this guy ride, goes, finds a place to stay, pays for everything to take care of him. And Jesus says in this story, okay, which of these three would you say um, was loving to his neighbor? And they, obviously it was the third. So when we, when we talk about this today, I really want to talk about this point. And this is something that we've been going over even in Romans. And uh, so it's not strictly just the Good Samaritan, but I want to challenge you with something. Verse 25, when it starts talking at the very beginning, and we're going to get into your notes here. Matter of fact, go ahead and put Matthew 22, 37 up. Jesus was asked this question again about what's, what's the most important thing. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law demands and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So here's what, here's what I'm going to try to get to today that I want all of us to understand. 
You can only love people by loving God. Because what we say love is, God's love is different than what we call love in our society. When you say, listen, we're so quick to throw the word love out. Listen, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. And I had those people come up to me. My pastor, pray for me because I just met this guy. I, I love him. I think he's the one. I'm like, sister, he ain't the one. And you don't love him. Because you said the same thing about pizza earlier. I love pizza. I love ice cream. Okay, we throw love out like it's just, like it's just a word we throw out. But the kind of love that it's talking about here is the agape love. There's a lot of different words for love in the Greek. This is agape. This is self-sacrifice. And this is 100% total commitment. That's what this love is. It's not just, oh, I love you. No, it's not like that. It's not based on emotions. It's not based, because listen, we, our emotions, we got to be real about the fact that we have them. But they can change really quick. Right? You can be happy as can be. And then just like that, be done. I, I'll never forget when I played basketball in, in uh, middle school. And I was not the greatest basketball player. One, I wasn't very tall. Two, I was skinny as a rail. I mean, I was just, I didn't have, I mean, my, my tank top, my uniform covered my whole shoulder. I mean, it was just covered the whole thing. People thought it was like a muscle shirt with spaghetti noodles out the side. And that was it. And I didn't play a lot. I didn't get in the game a lot. You know, I was just on the team, and uh, I'll never forget the game that we were winning, and, uh, and, and whenever we would win, I'd get to play a little bit, so I got to play a little bit, then it started getting close again, and I'd get pulled out of the game. Well, one, two of our guys got hurt, and when people got hurt, it's sad to say, but I was like, yes, one, one person closer to getting in the game. You know, it's sad that my teammates are all like, ah, I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, but here's what happens. I finally get in the game, and it's a close game, and there's, and there's not much time left. And the strategy was keep the ball from Jenkins. That's pretty much the strategy. <laughs> so we get in the game, and there's, just a, there's less than a minute left. It's probably just a few seconds left. And uh, we huddle up, and my coach says, all right, listen, no matter what you do, get the ball to Troy. Troy, you post up, get down there, get the ball, feed it into Troy. Troy, take the shot. And I'm like, coach, no one's been guarding me. He's like, right, there's a reason. <laughs> He didn't want to say it. There's a reason. Um, so, so I know it's horrible, isn't it? Uh, I've improved a little since then, but um, not much. But anyway, so, so I'm like, Coach, listen, I'm, I'm open. He goes, I know, but get the ball to Troy. If you get the ball, give it to Troy. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I can win this, you know. So here's what happens. Basically, uh, we get the ball to Troy. He turns around, shoots. It hits the rim comes right to me and there's like a second or two on the clock and I panic because I know I'm not supposed to shoot but I know I don't have time to pass so literally it comes to me and I don't even like you know post up like oh I don't have no form I was like whoa I just threw it and it went up around and the slow motion to me but it bottom line is it went in and I was like yes thank you hold on see y'all happy I start running. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, sports center highlights. I'm all over it. I'm just thinking, I'm the man. I am the man. The team's going crazy. Coaches are going crazy. All of a sudden, the coaches have stopped going crazy. I'm still going crazy. I'm looking at my, you know, my parents are like, oh my gosh. 
he scored, you know. Cheerleaders, they don't even know my name. They're like, yeah, you, whatever, because I'm never in the game. And so here's what happens. All of a sudden, I look over, and the coaches, they say, hey, man, it hit zero before you shot it. It doesn't count. Now, check this out. Listen, 15 seconds ago, y'all were like, yeah! And just now, you're like, oh. You see how fast your emotion changes? Over one little bit of information, it changes everything. And see, that's how it is. With, with, if we base love on, on something someone does for us, and as long as they do this, we love them. As long as they're here, we love them. But here's what this kind of love is. It's, it's love that no matter what. It's so deep, it's not based on performance. God's love for you is not based on performance. He loves you when, you when you make it. He loves you when you miss it. He sees you the same. When you, as a believer, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus in you. He sees the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. That's who you are. You are righteous. Romans 3.23, all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, we all, have, we all sin. Verse 24, but God declares you are righteous. God declares that, not, not me. God says it. So see yourself righteous, and, and then you will begin to live that way because you're identifying with who you are. You see yourself as some sinner missing it all the time. Guess what you're going to have a tendency to do? Miss it because that's who you think you are. So begin to see ourselves how God does. And the more we spend our relationship with him, the more we spend time with him, the more we begin to live out who we are. The more we begin to live out our relationship with God. So you can't really love people until you receive God's love and love God. When you love God, you're opening yourself up to that relationship, and God begins to fill you with the love for other people. You become an instrument, like an extension cord that plugs in to the wall and then plugs into a lamp. It's just, it's just a conduit that electricity is flowing, and you end up being that. You are connected to God, and it flows through you to other people. First, first, the sitting in your notes, but First Corinthians, um, or Second Corinthians, one three talks about that we comfort one another with the same comfort God has given us. So we are comforting people because God has comforted us. In in Thessalonians, it says that we encourage other people the way God encourages us. All of this stuff is because of what God is doing in us. We have to love Him with everything that we have. We have to be completely focused on our relationship with God. And in this story, a lot of times we look at this and we focus on we got to love, we got to love, we got to make sure we love. And you do. But if we go back and realize the way you love is you start with loving God with everything. And when you love God, he changes you. When you're in relationship with God, he changes you. You can't change yourself. You've tried. We've all tried. I'm going to be a better person this year. But without God, you, you can just do what humanly you can do. But with God, you can go above and beyond your human boundaries. You can be way more loving. You can be way more kind when God's love is flowing through you. Because God's love is is a deeper love. It's not the same love you have for pizza or whatever. It's, It's totally different. It's not based on, well, I love you as long as, you know, you do this. Because there are people that they, they loved you and then you messed up. And they don't love you no more. And that's not the kind of love that God's talking about for us. And that's not the kind of love we need to extend towards other people. It needs to be love that is self-seeking, not self-seeking. All right, let's look at 1 John 5, 3. 
Loving God means keeping his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. Loving God means we're getting in the word. We're finding out, Lord, what do you want us to do? And it's not burdensome. When you think about, we got to live according to the word. Oh, man. Like it's a bunch of rules. That's not the word of God. It is not a bunch of rules. It's life. It's, it's safety. There are rules that we have at our house, but Chase and Zach and Meg, they don't look at it like, oh, we got so many rules. Listen, there's a reason why you can't play with fire. There's a reason why you can't, you know, you can't use that power tool when you're three. There's a reason, there's sometimes there's reasons why you can't stick metal objects in, in the sockets. Because it's protecting you. I'm not being mean. I care for you. That's why. Because I have a tendency sometimes to just do stupid things and not think about the consequences of it all the time. So I understand, look, that's how I grew up. And I know, listen, I want to have some guidelines. They're not to hurt you. They're not to limit you. They're to protect you. Listen, I learned the hard way. You can't jump off the roof with a bed sheet and parachute. So we have a rule. You don't do that. Get off the roof. It doesn't work. I'm lucky to be walking today. There are guidelines that we don't understand. If we look at God like this is just a bunch of rules, then we're forgetting that God is a good and loving God. He only says, don't do this. Look, even, even when people talk about the Ten Commandments, okay, yes, that's of the law, but it's still good. You still can't go killing people, okay? We still live that way too. But let me tell you something about why that's safe. When the Bible says, thou shalt not steal, you can look at that, man, God can't, what if I need something? You know why he says thou shalt not steal? Because he wants you to know the righteous are never forsaken. Every need that you have, you don't have to go try to find a way to get it. God says, I love you. I'll provide for you. You don't even have to think about that. See, some of the rules and stuff that we look at like, oh, man, all these rules, can't do this, can't do that. No, he's telling you, you don't need to do that. I have a better way for you. I have a better way. And you're only going to know that when you're spending time with him. So we got to get in this word. Romans 12.1, <clears throat> dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of what he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You know, when you give your life to the Lord, it's an act of worship. And he will, he will I'm telling you, he will take your life and do way more with it than you could ever do. He will use you to bless others more than you've ever been able to bless people before. You will totally, you will just, let me just say that, you'll freak people out once you really get connected to God. When they know you before God and they know you after. When I went back to Tampa and met some of my buddies from high school just a few years ago, Jenkins, man, what are you doing? I'm a pastor. Shut up, man, what are you doing? No, seriously, I'm a pastor. You ain't no pastor, bro. You know, no, I am. You know what? It messed them up. And then they start like, yeah, well, I go to church, so they start feeling bad. Like, oh, Jenkins is the pastor. Why? Because you know what? When, God, when you give your life to God, he changes you. And there's something about God in you that is attractive to people. There's something about God in you that, that draws people. Because the Bible says, if, if I be lifted up, it's what Jesus says. If I am lifted up, I will draw people to me. If we lift people up, you know, we're not going to have to go out there and set up all these events to try to get people to come to church or to get saved. Listen, if we would just live out who Jesus is in us 
and live out the very nature and love of God, we would draw people. You would have people just come, I don't know what it is about you, but I want what you have. And we lead them to Jesus. We lead them to Jesus. It's not, it's not difficult, but we got to start with our relationship with God. It's got to be number one before we can ever do that. So this story of the Good Samaritan comes after Jesus says, love God first with everything. Then love your neighbor. And he's explaining who the neighbor is. But it still has to happen when you love God first. Look at Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above everything else. Seek God first above everything else. And everything, he'll give you everything that you need. He'll provide for you. He'll take care of you. See, sometimes what we have a tendency to do is try to seek the stuff so we can have everything we need and then go to God with our leftover time. And guess what? You don't have any leftover time. Because you're constantly trying to get more stuff, get more stuff, get more stuff. What if God's way is completely different than the world's way? And he says, listen, if you seek me, I'll bring that to you. Guess what I did? I, Patty and I, you know, I'm going to say it quick. Patty and I, we quit our jobs. We didn't know what we were supposed to do. But I knew God said, step out, trust me. We quit our jobs at another church. And we came out, what are you going to do? We have no idea. See, that's not God's way. You know what God's way is? Find a job first, then quit. But I knew the Lord said, listen, it's time for you to step out. I have something for you. I was like, it would be a lot easier if you tell me what that is now. Because I don't know, but I know that uh, Duke Power is not going to be like, oh, transition, the Lord called you. Oh, no problem. We'll pay that later. They're not going to do that. You still got to pay your bills. But you know what God did? The 10 months between we left church and we started this one. God provided every penny we ever needed. We never went without. We, ne- we, never, we never went without. We even gave money. We even sowed money into ministries. We did all kinds of stuff. Why? Because God is our source. And if he tells you to do something and you spend time focusing on him, you will hear from him. The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice. You will hear from him. You will know what you're supposed to do. And he will give you everything you need to do what he's called you to do. And, and he has done that. He's done that. He's been very faithful. No one could ever, ever convince me that God will not meet your needs. Because it, it, I, I lived it out. I lived it out. I had three kids to think about. We didn't have a savings account loaded of money. It was a complete faith step. But by seeking God, I knew, okay, God, if you're telling me to do this, you know that saying, if God guides, he provides. It's true. If you do what he's called you to do, he'll provide the stuff. That's why it's crucial to hear from him and do what he asks you to do. All right, John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. As you are loving God and pursuing God, guess what? Reveal, you know what that means? Revelation. You're going to get a revelation of who Jesus is. You're going to get a revelation of who God is. Because it's one thing to say, I know God. But it's another thing to say you have a revelation knowledge of who God is. You can say, I know them. You know, I remember I met Ozzie Smith one time at a steak, at a restaurant, a Longhorn Steakhouse or something. I played softball for them, and we, they would pay for our dinner on the night after our game. And I was in there, and Ozzie Smith was there. He's my favorite baseball player ever. Growing up, I had posters of him on the wall. Some of you kids are like, Ozzie, who? But for the older people, you know who I'm talking about. I saw him at a restaurant. And I was like, Ozzy, 
That's, that's Aussie. That's, like that is, you know, and I was so excited. I thought, man. And, I, and, and I, so I talked to him. I actually followed him in the bathroom, which I wouldn't recommend. That makes people weird. But I, but I, I talked to him. I said, hey. And then I come out. And I'm like, yeah. And someone said something later on, months later. But I was like, oh, I know Ozzy Smith. But I met him one time in a bathroom. That's it. We had hardly any conversation because he was like, oh, you follow me in the bathroom, man. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? He's like, good. Yeah, you're a great baseball player. Okay, thank you. Now I need to use the restroom. Okay, no problem. That was it. So do I really know him? No, I know of him. I know his name. I talked to him briefly, but I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. I know what team he played for. I know nothing about his family. I know nothing about what he likes, what he doesn't like. I know nothing. And we're so quick to think that we, we know them. I do premarital premarital counseling. I like it sometimes th- throwing a wrench in it. And I'll just say, hey, what's her favorite color? <laughs> They'll look at her like, pink? Because, you know, every girl's favorite color is pink. And then most of the time, like, no. I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to stir nothing up. I'm just saying, get to know each other more. That's all. That's all you're getting ready to get married. Find out some stuff now. Make your marriage better on that side of it. Because you could hear that, oh, we've been married 15 years. You still don't know my favorite color? Trust me. Trust me on that one, okay? (laughs) All right. (laughs) But we don't just, we can say we know people. We can say we know God. But do we really have a revelation? If we'll really seek him, we'll get a revelation of who he is. It'll change our life. 1 Corinthians 8, 3. But the person who loves God is the one who God recognizes. You'll you'll see that as as you're spending time loving God, you're going to realize He's loving you right back. You're going to see his eyes are right on you, looking after you, taking care of you, recognizing who you are, what you're doing. He's part of your life. You got to keep seeking him. All right. After you do, you really begin to love God. This is what happens. Then you'll begin to love other people. Then you'll begin to love your neighbor, as the word is talking about. Let's look at the importance of loving other people. Ephesians 5.1 says this, be imitators of God. To imitate someone means you do what they do. Imitate God. Look at verse 2. This is how you imitate God. Live a life filled with love because that's what God did. God showed us love. Romans 8.29 says that God has called us. He knew his people in advance, chose them to become like his son. That's who he's called us to become like, to become like Jesus. Very loving, very kind. We'll get into that in more detail, but that's who he's called us to be like. Now, here's the important thing you have to remember the, the things that you love, when you spend time with God and you love him and really love him, he's going to rub off on you and you'll love other people. So it is important that, you, that you're careful, not just in the natural who you hang out with, but you got to be hanging out with God. But you also have to be hanging out with people that are on the same path as you hanging out with God. I'm not saying that you, you don't have friends with people that aren't Christians because, listen, Jesus hung out with those people too. But the people you can really rely on in difficult moments, you got to have some people in your life that are walking the direction you're walking. you got to have people in your life that you'll open up to and be real and be honest and say, God, or, or whoever your person is that's really helping you and walking with you to say, listen, I'm struggling right now, man. Could you pray for me? To be able to talk openly and honest, especially guys, man, we're, we're terrible at it. 
But we need to just lose the, ah, need nobody. You do. We all do. You need someone in your life to say, listen, man, pray with me. Because we can't. We can be tough on the outside, but on the inside, we're missing it. We're miserable. And we know we need help. We need strength of other people. You got to be careful who you hang out with. Look at this passage in Timothy. People will love, in the, and we're in these days now, people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving, slander others, and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and, be, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they'll reject the power that can make them godly. See, keep it on that verse for a second. They will act religious, act religious, but reject the power. Can I tell you something? Even in here on Sunday, being here does not assure you that you will walk in power. This is not a charging station. You just plug up and you're good for the week. It's not. Matter of fact, I'm telling you, you even, hear me, even this doesn't mean you're walking in power. And even if you just, whoo, even if you get a little sway on, you're still not walking in power. There's been times I've been like this and totally distracted. And I'm in, I got to form, I got to look, I'm in the church, but I see a spider web on that light, and I'm like, oh, we should have caught that. And I get all off my focus of worshiping God, but to everybody else, it looks like, oh, the pastor's just, man, he just connected with Jesus. No, I'm pretty upset about that spider web. It happens. Lights flicker. During worship, I don't know if you knew this, during worship, a bird was tapping that window. Did you see it? <laughs> Who saw it? Yeah, I saw it. I'm like, Jesus. Oh. I'm like, Lord, I know you love sparrows because you say your eyes are on them, but you better get that one out. <laughs> I did. I prayed for that bird to leave. I, I, I didn't pray to kill it. I just prayed that it would leave. And I haven't seen it since, so thank you, Lord, because I thought that would be distracting. It was doing that all week. We come in here and da -da 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 -da, just hitting himself in the head on the window. I don't know what it is. But it was distracting. So all I'm saying is you can have the look. You can talk that way while you're here. You can even say, brother, hallelujah, brother. You can King James it, how art thou. You can do whatever you want to do. But it's not spiritual if there's no power to it. The power is in the relationship with God. Otherwise, you're just talking. Jesus says there will be people that come to me saying, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I did all of this stuff. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never even knew you. You did a lot of great things, but we had no relationship. We got to be connected with God. You got to be. Listen, it ain't, about, it ain't about the people around you. Why should we let relationships, our friends and people that we hang out with, determine our walk with God? It should be opposite. We should be so caught up into this that it affects this. Because I, I know growing up to me, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be like, yeah. So when I'm at school, when I'm at, 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 on my job or on the softball field, I'm like, yeah, man, it's cool, it's cool. But you know what? Not now. Now, like, listen, this is who I am. So if you want to hang with me, you got to accept me for me. But I'm not going to try to be you to fit in anymore. So if I'm not cool to you, that's okay. I'm cool to Jesus. 
And that's my number one. We got to do that. The second verse, um, let's go to the next, the next passage. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Listen, it, it does matter who you hang out with. It does matter. Like I said, it doesn't mean you can never be around people. Sometimes you don't, you, just, you can't go on your job, I'm going to have to quit. Y'all aren't Christian. Okay, don't do that. Because you're a testimony. You live there. You love people. But I mean the people that you're hanging with when you're struggling and you're going through something, that you're going to go to someone who's going to point you to Jesus, okay? That's what I'm talking about. You still got to be around those people. Okay, don't stop being friends and, and, and loving people that aren't saved. They need the love of God in their life. But the people you go to, listen, you can corrupt. You can be corrupted. And be very careful with this whole, well, and... You know, I've, I go back to youth pastor days. Well, I'm, I'm, the boy I'm going out with, he's not a Christian, but I'm going to help him become a Christian. No, you're not. You'll be gone in two weeks. And that's what happens. It's easier to be pulled down than it is to be pulled up. And a lot of times that's what happens. You've got to make sure that you connect with people that are going the same direction as you. Right? All right. That's powerful, Jenkins. All right. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, love each other the same way as I've loved you. So you got to receive it from God, then you give it, because you're giving the love that he's given you. You see that? John 13, 34, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Next verse, your love for one another will prove to the world you're my disciples. You know how people know you belong to Jesus? Not through miraculous, not through your hands being up. Not through your prophesying or whatever, none of that. You know how they know? Your love. Your love. First Corinthians 13, in the beginning, it says, listen, you can do all these things. You can prophesy. You can speak in new tongues. You can do whatever you want. But when it all comes down to it, if you don't have love, it's just a lot of noise. It's just annoying. You ever had those Christians that are meanest people you ever met? You ever met one of those? Don't look if they're in here. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't do that because that makes you one of them, all right? Don't do that. But I'm telling you, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad that sometimes you have to, you know, and sometimes I feel like it's my job if I see someone treat someone bad in the name of Jesus. I feel like it's my job to go say, listen, we're all not like that. That wasn't genuine. That's not the heart of God. But we got to love people. And we don't get to choose who we love. Look at this next scripture. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Some of y'all are just like, oh, she had to go there. Pray for those who persecute you. Right now, you can think of someone right now that when you only have one little nerve left, they're still on it. They are still aggravating that one little nerve. I mean, it's just like that, that just obnoxious noise. You think of somebody? We all have them. But you know what the Bible says? Love them. Pray for them. I had someone in my office a while back. I actually wasn't in my office. I was meeting them at a coffee shop, and we were grabbing some coffee, and we were talking, and they said, listen, man, I need you to pray with me because this situation I'm in, I'm just having a hard time. 
I mean, I'm not being treated right. I'm not doing, and it was just sharing all this. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know if I need to just confront it and just, oh, but I know it's not going to go well. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you prayed for them? No. Start there. I think I told this story a few weeks ago. When Chase was younger, he was in uh, elementary school, and he was being bullied. And he wouldn't, you know, he's a good kid. He, he wasn't doing anything. And he came home, and he said, Dad, this kid keeps picking on me, pushing me, and hitting me. And the dad dad, the non-Jesus dad, the earthly father, <laughs> hey, the Bible says, because he's sick, man. If he's doing that, he's sick. And the Bible says, lay hands on the sick, <laughs> and they shall recover. So you knock that brother out. That was my first response. Listen, it says turn the other cheek. You got two. After the second hit, go. You do not let him sit there and hit you like that. And then Patty's all, <clears throat> and I'm like, hold on a second. And then I said, listen, obviously if you're backed into a corner and no one's around, you can't do anything, try to get away somehow. I'm not saying you can't defend yourself, but I don't want you going to school planning on, I can't wait till that second hit, you know. I don't want to develop that in you. So he had already talked to his teacher. So he had done some of this stuff already. So finally, after a few minutes, and see, sometimes you got to, this is why you can't be quick to just react. Because sometimes the first person to speak up is your flesh. And you just say, oh, hold up, I'm not talking to you. And then you put that flesh under it, spirit, soul, and body, not body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit is first. So let the spirit talk first. And all of a sudden, I said, listen, I want you to pray for him. So I said, Chase, who is it? And he told me his name, and I said, all right, let's pray. And we prayed. We prayed for him. Here's what we prayed. We didn't pray like, get him, Jesus. Break his leg in half. <laughs> we didn't pray. You know what we prayed? Lord, he's obviously he's hurting. He might have stuff going on at home. He got, I don't know what his situation is, but it's evidently it's rough. Lord, would you bring peace to him? Bless him. See, that's crazy. Bless the person that's messing with my son. That's crazy prayer. But see, it's different because, see, we can't look at it naturally. We got to look what the Bible say. And we prayed. He come home the next day. He said, he ain't messing. The rest of the year, to this day, he's never even come near him. All we did is pray. All we did is pray. And we prayed a prayer of blessing. Love your enemies Pray for them. It messes them up. It messes them up, man. It's, it's pretty amazing. Because then you just, you just, you're amazed at God's goodness. God's got you. All right. Matthew 7, 12. Do to others whatever you like them to do to you. That'll help you love. Right? Because you love to be loved, right? We all do. We all love to be loved. There's no greater feeling than when I walk in the house and my kids run up and say, hey, love you. Now, they're older and they don't do it as much, but they still do it. Because we, we're real about that stuff. You know, every night, good night, buddy. Good night, dad. Love you. That's how we do it. On the phone. Bye, dad. Love you. Bye, son. Love you. Feels good to know you're loved. When you want to love people out of the love that God's given you, you love people the way you'd want to be loved. 
How many love it when someone gives you a second chance? Yeah. Why are we so tough in giving other people second chances sometimes? Because we're not looking at it like, how do I want to be treated? It will determine how I treat them. Look at John 3.18, 1 John 3.18. I have a typo in your notes. It's 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let's show the truth by our actions. You can say you love somebody, but love shows it. Love demonstrates it. Romans says God demonstrated his love for us when while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's a demonstration of God's love. There was action there. First uh, John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. See, here's what it goes back to. You can't love without God because if you don't love, you don't know God. That sounds very harsh. You mean if I don't love that person, then you're saying I don't know God. I'm just telling you that God's love would love that person. Love doesn't mean that you accept everything that they do. Love doesn't mean that you agree with their life. Love doesn't mean that they have the right to come in. You can still set up boundaries for, your, for yourself, you know, and protect yourself. But at the same time, listen, love loves. God's love loves. God so loved the world. If they're breathing and they're on this earth, God loves them. And he wants us to demonstrate that love. The reason it's important, because the Bible says in Romans, it's God's loving kindness that draws people to repent. I, prom- I promise you, we w- you will have a better chance of bringing people to the understanding and the knowledge of Jesus by loving them than by preaching that they're going to hell. Because going, saying someone's going to hell, that's not the gospel. The gospel is good news. The good news is you don't have to. Because Jesus paid a way for you. And he is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. If you come and receive him, you will have eternal life forever and ever and ever with God. By receiving Jesus. Without Jesus, No. But God's loving kindness draws people to repent. And it's the same principle for us. If you will love people, they will, you will help them change. That's what, these, that's what this right here is. You know, put love there for embrace. If you embrace people and really love them, guess what you'll be able to do in no time at all? You'll be able to encourage them. You'll be able to challenge a little bit of their thinking. You'll be able to open up a new little opportunity maybe that they never looked at before. But it starts with loving. Nowhere in Scripture do you see what we would categorize as tough love. Oh, this is tough love right here. I'm about to tell them in love. That's not it. Doesn't mean that you can't stand strong in what you believe and not compromise. But love is love. And you can't truly love people like God without God. That's why it's important. This whole love your neighbor, this whole good Samaritan, you have to have a walk with God. 
to love like that. All right? 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You ever heard someone just beating on a cymbal for a long time? There's a house behind us. They have a drum set. When they first got it, which I think, I mean, they, they're getting a lot better. When I first got I was out there one day, I heard a clang, clang, clang. And I'm like, what? What is that? And over and over and over, at some point, you're kind of like, Phew. see, we had drums in our house for Zach. They are no longer there. <laughs> the Lord has delivered us <laughs> from the clanging cymbals. You get electric set, you can put headphones in. You don't hear the clang, clang, clang. Or you get the set that you can hook up to the Xbox, though, whatever that rock band thing is. They can just beat on those drums. But think of that annoying. That's what it's like. It's that annoying. If you have all this wonderful stuff, but you don't love. You imagine being able to prophesy, speaking something about the future. What a great gift of the Spirit to be able to say, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying, that God's going to do this in your life. I believe in that. But if you don't love people, that's nothing. That's how important love is. That's how important love is. We have to, we have to, have to, have to be a church that walks in love. I mean, when I say walk in love, though, hear what I'm saying. We have to be a church that loves God with all of our heart and all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And if we do that, we will love people the way we realize God loves us. I'm not even going to get into 1 Corinthians because that's all about what love is and it's going to take longer. It's going to take a little while. So we're going to stop there. Next week we'll pick up right here. Because I think it's important that we really dive into what this love looks like. It'll change you. It'll change you. But it all starts with receiving God's love.